How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. We're going to get straight into our first guest of this hour because it's another year and another wonderful chapter being penned in the famous Melbourne Cup book, Gold Trip. The import who garnered an opinion for so many paying his debts in the most classical of ways. Here's Doval Legend presenting and Gold Trip down the outside. Emissary is behind those. Gold Trip moves up, takes the lead from Doval Legend. 250 metres to go. Emissary running on. Gold Trip, 150 metres to go, wondering about getting tired. Emissary is trying very, very hard, but Gold Trip is brave. 100 to go, a length and a half Emissary. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Oh, wasn't it just? And Mark Zara attributed the win to the gentlemanly service gold trip provided during the trip, not using a lack a lick of extra energy until he needed to let down. Well, that was how it was going to have to be, considering he lugged 57.5 kgs to victory, the second most weight in 35 years, as far as I can work out, behind Maccabi Divas, staggering 58 in 2005. The handicap is warned there was no natural top weight, but that's just a footnote now, Kempe, because the reality is Kieran Ma, David Eustace, our Melbourne Cup winning trainers, Mark Zara, achieved his cup redemption and the Aussie Bloodstock Colours salute again in Australia's biggest race. Gold Trip is your Melbourne Cup winner for 2022 and Shane Anderson is one of the sharpest international racing minds out there. He spent time as a key broadcaster in this part of the world and bases himself in Europe now where Gold Trip previously raced. Shane's on the line. He's been good enough to give up some of his time this evening. Morning mate from New Zealand. Great to have you on the program. And great to be with you both off what the back uh, was off the back of, uh, I think, a, a tremendous Melbourne Cup, one of the best we've seen. Yeah, right. Well, let's start there. I mean, you, you put it like that. Gold trip, uh, an obvious, well, maybe not, but in hindsight, a deserving victor? Yeah, I mean, his form all the way through the spring had been top-notch. The only time he'd missed a top five was in the Cox Plate when he had no luck. And he's a horse with proven elite-level form. He only had the one win next to his name before the Cup. And of course, that was in a Group 2 in France. He ran fourth in a Prix d'Arc de Triomphe, which is the most significant race you have in Europe. He's an out-and-out star. Uh, the big question was, would he run two mile and would he do it carrying 57.5 kilos? And he did it in style. Yeah, didn't he do it in style? Last year, very elegant, carried 57. And we thought that was crazy at the time. Is there anything to read into these high-weighted horses, mate, winning two years consecutively? Or is it more about circumstances of the field in the race? Yeah, I think it's a, a change. Well, it's an evolution of the race. We went for a long period of time where it dropped in quality. And then after the race became international in 1993, for about the next 15 to 20 years, we just had top class horse after top class horse competing in it. I think what we've seen, particularly in Australia in recent times, is that there's not a great deal of depth in that staying division. So when that happens, you tend to find horses that are pretty good. Like he's a legitimate top class horse called Trip. But he's able to do things at the top of the weights where in stronger years you probably wouldn't have seen that result. So I think he's he's the best of what is a, a lacklustre bunch. But what I love the most about his performance is they ran a really strong tempo all the way through in the Cup yesterday. So that made it every horse's chance to win the race. 
and him under the top weight was the one who was strongest on the line. So he's a he's a worthy winner. He's a very good horse of uh, of the great race. So it was all about his race manners, as Mark Zara articulated beautifully. He just didn't use any petrol when he didn't need to, and he was doing exactly what Zara's hands wanted him to do. You called him a star. Well, he was bought for, I think, 2.1 million Australian by the Aussie Bloodstock and, and Will, Will Bourne for uh, Kieran Ma. Did the price feel fair at the time, Shane? Oh, there's an inflated price with Europeans for Australian money, and there has been for about the last 15 years. But, I mean, he's a horse. If you're going to spend that type of money, he's the right sort of credential because he'd proven himself that he could run against the very best in Europe. Um, and he looked like he always had a bit more in the tank. Um, I think, interestingly, he's got a, a pedigree that does suit Australia. He's by a horse that didn't stand in Australia called Outstrip. It was a, a very good European horse, but is in son of Exceed and Excel. So they're bloodlines that we know do well down under. But he arrived there with plenty of time. He acclimatised. Uh, he was given a thorough grounding. And as I mentioned earlier, he was given a really, really deep preparation to get him to the cup. So he, he ticked all the old school boxes that would make him a, a winner of the cup. So I think he's done a great job. He's a, he's a very, very good horse. And he'll probably stand up over the next 12 months and win a few more features along the way. You look at the, you look at that form line. You look at the way that they got it. Um, they got it right. The trainers could they be excused the punters for having trouble trying to work that out? Because um, it's testament to the horse's versatility in it having the, having that open minus to run him in the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate, and then the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it's it's rarely done these days, and I think a couple of things about him. Uh, I think Lloyd Williams came out of the press down under and said, you know, he's uh, only ever won one race. He's, he's not really a, a worthy top weight. And Lloyd was to a degree right about that. When you look at his overall exposed forms, you could you could make some cases that it's not a strong renewal. But when you look through his runs this campaign, from when he had his first start over 1,500 metres in the winter in Sydney to a progression through the naturalism, the Turnbull, the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate, there are legitimate excuses all the way through when he was being beaten. So it was just a matter of would he run the trip and he certainly did that, you know, as, as you guys mentioned earlier, with that, that ride that Mark Zara gave him. He was just too strong. And, yeah, he's, look, I, I don't want to be too much of a, a down player of him because I think he's a legitimately good horse. It wasn't one of the strongest fields we've ever seen in the Melbourne Cup, but they went at such a strong tempo. You can't deny that he, he really does stand tall as, as a pretty good winner of the race and probably one of the best we've seen in that last 15 to 20 years. Well, a lot of the commentary, Shane, and you would have seen it, was, oh, they've taken the blinkers off. They they clearly aren't sure about the trip, and maybe they, they need to get everything out of him. But it didn't look like that at all. It almost, like, he, he wobbled around when he hit the front, but I think that's more about his temperament than his staying ability. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And I think it also probably looked a little bit amplified on the vision because I think Emissary, the horse that was charging into second, was also wandering a little bit. So when you got two horses that are getting the staggers over that last 250, 300 metres of the race. Um, it can make it look a little bit more over the top than what it really was. But I think, yeah, he's a horse that's clearly had his quirks along the way. But Kieran Maher and David Eustace, they're amazing trainers. And their their rise over the last few years has just been phenomenal. They just they just keep working on his niggles. They got it, his, his little tweaks sorted out. And then we saw what he could do uh, yesterday. It was just a devastating performance. When, when Sarah went for him at the 400-metre mark, he just cruised into it. I mean, yeah. it was amazing to see how easily he got to them.
Yeah, that I think that pace, Shane. I think it, it done a lot of those horses when you hit that that um, that bend, you, and you saw that front on camera view. A number of horses behind them were were cooked um, because of that pace. Mate, just so curious to, to get your take on some of the other to, um, topics quickly. International jockeys this spring carnival in Australia. You got Buick for twelve rides for no wins. You got. The Tory nine rides for no wins and one placing, um, and Spencer four rides no wins. What, is that surprising to you that they've had no look and and look quite ordinary? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say they're they're ordinary. Um, I mean, we get this sort of commentary year in year out, and certainly uh, back in my days when I was on on television back in Australia, I'd probably throw a few barbs at myself. But, um, <laughs> and, uh, they're legitimate top-class jockeys. I mean, Buick's won Group 1 races all around the world. Frankie Dettori is a true legend of the sport. He's won Group 1 races all around the world. I think that it's the challenge they've got is that they're flying in to ride at these meetings where they're travelling from the Northern Hemisphere to Australia. They're basically landing 24 hours, 48 hours uh, before. I don't care whether you're at the pointy end or at the back end of the plane. You're going to be hit with jet lag and so on. So the, the reality is they're probably never at their dominance but we have seen some jockeys do it and, and come out on top ryan moore's a perfect example jamie spencer over the years has arrived in one group ones uh christoph sumion and all and some of the other big names so it can happen I, I don't think you can be too harsh to bag them if they luck out the problem is when they're coming and they're riding some of the big guns i mean doville legend's been talked up as a as a star and a potential melbourne cup winner for the best part of six months and if he comes and underperforms or another one that Craig Williams was on. So there's, there's circumstances to it, but I don't think you can ever bag the jockeys for not being good enough because their record proves that they are. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I, I love that Frankie Dettori was just chatting the, the barrier lads up at the, in his lap before his last race. It was almost like it was worth having him out there just for a bit of star factor. And, and, although we won't go there, but the fact that Frankie Dettori is riding at Randwick on Melbourne Cup days, there's some serious question marks around that whole situation. Before we let you go, Shane, one last thing I've been dying to ask you about, Animo. Animo is back this weekend, and this champion stakes just is tantalising. I'm Thunderstruck. We'll try and knock him off. It looks like such a good end for the carnival, which has been so good this year. But for whatever reason, Animo cannot shake these detractors. There are people that want to criticise him. I just don't know why. I don't know where this negativity comes from. Is he the best weight for age horse in Australia, clearly in your opinion, and could he travel and silence the critics? Yeah, I think he's the best weight for age horse in Australia in the middle distance ranks by a margin. Uh, what he doesn't do is he doesn't win by, win by a big space. And I think, you know, when you've had in recent years horses like Winks that can do the impossible and go back a little bit further to Black Caviar and so on. I mean, his record says he's a superstar. He just scrambles home a little bit. Would he go overseas and dominate? No, I don't think he would. Would he go overseas and probably win a Group 1? Yeah, I think he would. I think he's a legitimate top-class horse. He's clearly number one down under at the moment. And I think he'll come out and win another Group 1 on Saturday. Amazing. There you go. I think you'd be brave to be against him, Shane. Thank you so much for your time. Whereabouts are you in the world, mate? I'm curious. What was that country code you gave us? Uh, you'll love this one. So basically, I, I travel between uh, the UK and, and Denmark for, for work. So I'm currently, I just got a plane off a plane. I'm in Copenhagen where there's an election on today and there's thousands of people in the street. So I've been doing this chat from an alleyway. I look, I look probably dodgy, but not many people can speak English where I am. That is brilliant, mate. That is brilliant. Oh, okay, well, we'll let you carry on and uh, make sure you hand in your ballots. Democracy is key, mate. Enjoy your day. Uh, thank you for your time, Shane. Vote one. Take care, guys. <laughs> Very good.
he's a legend. He's so sharp, Shane. Um, man, he's across it all and really good to get his take on Animo there. Would he go around the world and, and dominate? No. Would he go around the world and win a group one? Yes. And I think if he did that, it would shut so many people up. Mm, yeah. Gets another one this weekend. I, uh, yeah, I liked uh, I'm Thunderstruck's run in the, in the Cox Plate, but mate, Animo, I, I don't care if he just does enough to win. He wins. Yeah, I think he'll be going really close. Um, I'm thunderstruck. Naturally, people talking about reverse the barriers and the cox plate, he'll be coming at him. Well, he gets a chance this weekend. The barriers will be out today. Um, Tim says, I watched Frankie win seven races in a day when I was in the UK. The man is a proper. Yeah, he, he is. He is. He is a proper lad. He is a funny bloke and he is a weapon. And um, Leith told a good story about him in the weekend as well when they were in the sauna in Japan on one trip and he came in with champagne. Like they were all wasting and he's coming with champagne <laughs> and he's drinking Frankie champagne while they're wasting. He is a, a proper legend, Tim. Yeah, got you, got you, got you. He is a proper legend. Um, Famous for jumping off those horses, remember? No, what? Famous for coming in and and getting the um, the stable hand to hold the horse, and he would get up on the stirrups and fly off the horse. Oh yeah, right. So he made oh, yeah. he made jumping off the horses. You know that that's where that all came from. Frankie Dottori, mate, and he did he did ride millions of winners. Oh, here you go. The back fence with Tony Kemp. Yes, with all the focus on rugby and cricket, uh, one could be forgiven forgetting that we have a Rugby League World Cup on at the moment as well. And to boot, it's the quarterfinals. So let's be clear, it's the best eight teams in the world finally ready to file out for the semis and the ultimate bragging rights have been called the best in the world. How good. Three World Cups and a Northern Tour for the All Blacks is a dream viewing for any armchair fan. But is it? How many people have the wealth to buy subscriptions to watch sport? How many have been able to actually watch live sport as opposed to free to air replays over the last month? For me, all World Cups, and I, I honestly believe this, all World Cups should be free to air in New Zealand. Subscriptions for all other events should include free viewing of either World Cups or Olympics. It's just how it should be. How good would it be? But for most of us, that's only a pipe dream. Maybe, just maybe, the powers that could sacrifice a small profit during World Cups would be great as a way to say thank you for all the support that we do for all the other events that we pay for. What do you think? Will the desire, in the case that we do have to pay for it for World Cups, die if we can't afford those subscriptions? Or will it just become about making copious amounts of profit and allowing World Cup passion to die? Yeah, interesting, Kempi. Um, it's yeah. Look, it's something I think it affects rural communities more, hundred percent, and just in general lower socioeconomic communities. And like the further you go into the country, like we were in Whangarei, like the, it's just you know it's the people are well, just the systems in place. Like for example, where I'm from, North Canterbury, my grandparents they've always lamented. Well, it started with the Rugby World Cup when it wasn't going to be on Sky. And they had Sky, they've always had Sky just because it's cable, it goes into their rural property and it's just easy for them. And, like, I know, like, you should be able to get them a new, in theory, you can get them a new smart TV and you can get them a Chromecast and you can get them their high-speed internet so they can watch it. But that involves money, it involves time, and it involves complication where just for some, and a lot of New Zealanders, it's just not possible for one of the three reasons. And it, and it is, 
it is more a issue when you go further out of the cities. Yeah, I just got thinking about it yesterday. Like, you carry a TV around in your hand. You know what I mean? So you've got a TV around in your hand that could probably costs you a bit to because people don't. You know, sometimes they pay cash for it. Sometimes they they pay paying it off. So there's one fee. So mm. that's a subscription. And then on that you've got apps, and you might pay for a few apps. So that's another subscription. And then you got all the sport. Yeah. So that's a subscription. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Netflix, mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. And then you've <laughs> and then you go right. I want to watch the UFC. And it's just the way that media, House of Dragon and, Neon. And it's just the <laughs> and Neon. It's just the way that the media rights are going at the moment. You know and it's sort of like all of the see all of the little pieces add up, and I think as a way I don't know if I was if I was marketing you know the sparks and the skies and the Netflixes and all that, I would be marketing a probably a free to air like if you have got a subscription with us we're actually going to you know we're going to battle to have the let's say the T Twenty World Cup or the Rugby League World Cup and all that sort of stuff and and if you're a member actually. You get you get free free viewership with that. Well, because it'll make you decide which which provider you actually want to go to based on what you actually like. Does that sort of make sense? I kind of look. It does. I know where you're going. Like I think we need a we need a complete rethink of our subscriptions in New Zealand. We're so far away. Like we don't have something like Hulu in America where they have a lot of the stuff based together. Or um, they. I think there are other kind of agencies that do group a lot of the stuff together, but our market's so small that these people are all competing against each other that you couldn't umbrella them. I'm pretty sure that would be why. Yeah. It's like they're all competing for the same market share, so you can't umbrella them. We don't have a big enough market to be able to get that one-shop stop. You know, because when one you... One-stop shop. One-stop shop. Because when you do go and get your phone, <laughs> your phone, you do get a free... You know, like you do get Spotify thrown at you, Netflix sure. thrown at you, it's bundled up in it, so... But it's, it's, there's so many options, and it's the what we're seeing is things are becoming further and further away. Gone are the days of just having Sky and TV One. Like, things are more... When do you get more options, you get more options to... More, uh, more access to options, right? So every time something new pops up, there's a new way to view it. And at the moment, we're in this. We're probably going through growing pains in New Zealand. And I don't know if Australia is the same. Where it's almost like a scattergun approach. So it is a good point. So Spark Sports had the uh, rugby women's rugby world cup and the uh, rugby league world cup. They've done a super job. It's awesome. Uh, I really enjoy it. But I understand that not everybody has an account. That's just an effect. That's an effect. And I understand what you're saying about free to wear. It's important to point out that the women's rugby world cup set this Saturday. Both semi-finals are live on Channel Three, so they mm. will both be live on TV Three free to air, and so is the final. Now, you would like every game to be live, and for World Cups. Well, I, ju- I just think I've got this thing like the, you should promote the best. You know what I mean? So if you're promoting a World Cup, like we want, see everyone plays these four-year cycles to get to a World Cup, don't they? The bonus should be if you support us for four years watching Super Rugby, let's say Super Rugby, NPC, Club Rugby and all that, actually in four years over this five-week period, you get five weeks free. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. not saying you give them free to air all the time. I'm saying as part of your package for those previous four years, you actually get the five weeks free. Yeah, something a bit creative Because they, like do do they do do promotions, but what about that for a promotion? Well, it would be patriotic. Yeah, yeah, and they'll be listening, and, it'll, and I guarantee you it's going to come up. We'll get free World Cups because it just makes sense. We're all sitting here. Look, imagine now we're all sitting here going, man, I wish I'd, I had a Spark account and a Sky account and 
and oh, you know well, all this to go with all my other thousand accounts, and people don't have it. Well, it's like twenty dollars here, twenty dollars here. Like it, it's hey, inflation, cost of living, it's tough. And do you know what? The just first... trying to think of an innovative way to approach. How do we get? I'm not talking every game. I'm talking the pinnacles, Olympics. Imagine the World Cup soccer, World Cup rugby, World Cup rugby league in this country, World Cup netball, you know, and they're only five-week batches. But they're four-year four cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you want to watch the World Cup soccer, for instance, and you and I love watching the World Cup soccer and all the qualifying games, you spent four years paying for it. Right, golf. What a punishment. I mean, we took, we hear it every single week. Izzy Dag getting out on the greens um, to escape his reality and then coming back and wishing he never played because he shot 100. Um, it's a, <laughs> for a lot of people, golf is an escape. But for a couple of good Kiwis, golf is going to be, well, a vehicle for them to do something very good for, uh, I guess, a cause that's special to them and special to a lot of people. Together, we can change the face of men's health. We are in this together. Let's do this for the men in our lives. Donate now to Movember. SCNZ, it's something we're very passionate about. Something Geordie Gibbons and good friend of the show, Sailor Chris Steele, are very passionate about as well. They're on the line. Morning, men. Hey, fellas. Morning, Louis. Morning, Kimby. How are we? Morning, boys. How's it going? How are, you? How are you looking forward to getting out there, boys, and playing seven million games of golf? Yeah, look, it's, it's not going to be easy. We uh, we've got out for for an eighteen holes a couple of times this week, and we were just saying, uh, yeah, playing two and a half times at each day is it's not going to be easy. But yeah, what better cause than than uh, men's mental health with November? And um, yeah, we're just looking forward to the challenge. It's it's pretty epic stuff what you're doing. So just to give us the dynamics for, for everybody, um, you're going to be playing each. This is each forty five holes a day for a week straight, which I assume is seven days. The idea to get ninety holes between you, which will add up to six hundred and thirty, which was the male suicide rate in New Zealand over the last year, which is a very sobering number. Um, it's obviously close to your both of your hearts, men's mental health. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a bit of a, um, you know, it's it's sad that we have to do this many um, holes of golf. We'd, you know, we'd love it to be far lower. And um, it is, uh, it's New Zealand as a whole rather than males themselves. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very sobering sort of thought um, having to do this many holes based on something that uh, a lot of people across New Zealand are affected by every single day. So yeah, it's uh, pretty important to the fellas and... Um, we're just excited to get out there and uh, give it a give it a good shot. So, how how do you get involved, boys, in your um, in your challenge? And have you got a, like a group that are coming out there with you? Do you got, like, who's your you got the nutrition and and fluids? Obviously, forty five um, holes of golf a day. It's during the week going to start to pack up. You're going to need um, some support. What, what's it look like? Yeah, so basically we're, we're running it from the uh, 21st to the 27th of November um, and we're playing across uh, seven different courses, uh, sort of mostly throughout Auckland. Um, but yeah, basically we're going to, the, the idea is we're going to have sort of uh, sort of one um, person come on kind of each day that we're going to do the fat with and um, get some content with, so we have some cameras and stuff following us around the course. And, and I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're doing it around the activity of golf, but not really about the golf. I mean, the, the golf's um, obviously the the channel that we're kind of using to to sort of um, achieve that that significant number that we talked about. But but it's more about kind of um, sitting down and trying to get into a little bit of the, the sort of deeper chats with with people and 
So we've got some uh, pretty cool personalities coming on board with that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea is just to, to put people a little bit out of their comfort zone and, and try and uh, normalise having some of these uh, more difficult conversations that you, you might not sort of get day to day. So the actual, um, and, and like I love your reasoning behind it, and I think it's so important with Movember and it's something that Rob and, and everyone does so well around it is it's, you can do a challenge, but it's about actually um, amplifying that and broadcasting it and, and making sure that you can kind of garner a bit of interest. So you do have some plans around making sure you kind of follow the story and people can follow along and understand why, because that is it, it's the why, right? Yeah, so the, sort of the the whole idea, uh, you know, golf is such a great vehicle for getting males particularly out there and just uh, enjoying a bit of time away from everyday life. You know, it takes a, a period of time. And I think a lot of people feel they're most comfortable when they're in those sort of environments. So um, we're going to have sort of cameras on the carts and it's going to become a bit of a daily vlog sort of series that we're going to, you know, get someone on and then have those chats and, uh, you know, it's not going to be all doom and gloom. We're going to be chatting. We're going to be going to be having heaps of fun. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a hell of an effort, and it's going to be plenty of laughs. But I think it's just getting across those um, sort of important points and hearing different perspectives from different people and males across New Zealand about their experiences and, you know, what they they're trying to do to to improve their lives as a whole as well as as, as both of us. Yeah, a fantastic co-papa boys. I had a couple of Whangai brothers that committed suicide and, and um, I don't think really the conversations around doom and gloom, I think the conversations around conversation, you know, like uh, Kōrero, you know, you've got, to, you've, got yeah, to, you've got to be able to talk and you've got to be able to actually be there and, you know, there'll be people listening, especially to, to our show, that will pick up a, um, a a little gold nugget from 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 this conversation today, and the conversations that will continue to happen. What is that message that you would like to to throw out there today? Like during the week, what is what is your key messaging? Oh, I think it's, it's just trying to normalise the fact that it's uh, sometimes it's just okay just not to be okay. You know, like people have everyday difficulties and challenges that they face um, that that come from from nowhere, and it might be something as simple as. Um, you know, losing a job or breaking up in a relationship or, or you know, um, it could be something as serious as losing a close mate. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not something that a lot of the time you, you can predict that it kind of comes out of nowhere. And, and uh, I guess, you know, with all the things that we're kind of taught in life, we're not really ever sort of taught how to how to deal with some of those more sort of, sort of difficult um, situations. So, yeah, I mean, getting out, I mean, golf, like Geordie was saying, is a, is a really great avenue, especially for males, because, Generally speaking, it takes sort of two and a half hours or four hours of playing 18 holes usually. And, and um, you know, when you're spending that much time out, out there with the bloke, at some point, you know, you have to sort of start to open up. So, um, you know, I think that that's sort of why we've sort of chosen golf. It's, it's a great sort of area. A lot of males are sort of getting involved in, in that sort of stuff now. And, yeah, we're just trying to really push that message that, um, yeah, checking on your mates and, and um, yeah, it's, it's okay to have some some of those sort of, sort of deeper, darker situations, sort of chats that that hopefully um, make a little bit of a difference to people out there. So um, yeah, although we're sort of only doing it over the, the space of a week, um, yeah, we've got a few weeks now to sort of promo it and and hopefully uh, yeah, really make a difference. The key there, thank thank you very much for that message. The key there is check in. It doesn't take more than a, a, a thirty seconds to send a text message or a phone call. Just if you've got a friend out there and you haven't spoken in a while, just phone them up, and it's okay to say, hey, man, how you going? Are you okay? You know what I mean? So, hey, boys, fantastic. 
um, co-popper that you guys are on. All the best with that, eh, Louis? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, like Steely, you're a ripper, Geordie. Um, I don't know you, mate, but you sound like it too because you take it on something and just the fact that you guys are putting yourselves out there, it's um, awesome to, and I know everyone at Movember will really appreciate to have some good young dudes on board very quickly. I mean, I can't believe that you're not travelling for a full week, Chris. So um, not like San Tropez or... Mallorca or Ibiza or something very fun. That's pretty crazy to have you in New Zealand for that long. And what are you guys playing off at the moment? Because you're playing that much golf, you must be getting down pretty low. Yeah, but luckily, yeah, pretty pretty much wrapped up for the year. Louis, uh, still a bit of travel to come, uh, which is going to be going to be nice. But yeah, really really keen to sink our teeth into to this challenge coming up in November, and um, yeah, try and put the time to some good news. So uh, the golf's been going all right lately. I'm uh, I think I'm off about an 8.2 or something at the moment, and Geordie's wow. uh, coming hot from my heels at, a, at an 11. Uh, but admittedly, he did beat me last time he played. So oh. we're certainly going to be uh, <laughs> we're going to be having a few challenges along the way. Um, so yeah, if anyone out there wants to wants to get behind us, um, you know, you can sponsor us uh, for the amount of birdies that we have, or or we'll personally be pitching in for you know little challenges like the number of three putts or, or bogeys and things like that. Um, so yeah, we'll be sort of advertising most of it through our Instagram pages and stuff. But, um, yeah, you'll be able to find both our profiles on the on the Movember um, pages as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's get behind it and uh, try and try and promote men's mental health and uh, see if we can raise some money along the way. Chris Steele, Geordie Gibbons, go and have a look at them on Instagram and uh, search them up on Movember. You can also search Team SCNZ up there if you want to donate to us. Um, great, great message, boys. Great cordial. Great to catch up. We're in the middle of multiple World Cups, and there's another one starting tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. The women's side of the uh, Rugby League World Cup draw got underway this morning, and our Kiwi fans, they're set to play the opener against France tomorrow morning. How good. It'd be an intense tournament. I'm picking with the final to be played in just over two weeks' time. All going well. The Kiwi woman will compete in five matches in just 17 days. That's a massive effort, a challenge I'm sure they'll be looking forward to given the lack of games they've had in the past few years. And our mate Ricky Henry, the Kiwi Ferns head coach, he's kind enough to join us this morning from the UK. Morena, Ricky, how's things, brother? Hey, good things, guys. Yeah, appreciate the uh, you know the call and yeah, can have a chat about the World Cup. So, yeah, awesome. Mate, we're all about promoting uh, all sports on here, especially our wahini tour that are up there at the moment. How's the preparation been, Ricky? Like, what I'd like to really know is, have you picked up anything from watching uh, the men play in their tournament so far up into the quarterfinals that you can learn and, and take into your game uh, with the Kiwi Ferns? Yeah, we've watched a few of the uh, men's games. Um, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of footy played at the moment. So, um, yeah, we're just sort of looking at what, you know, really the conditions of the ground. Um, and sort of how they're playing, playing either through the ground or on top of the ground. And as as the winter starts to kick in, it's going to get obviously heavier. So um, the game's sort of starting to tighten up a wee bit. It's played around the middle of third. So uh, that's sort of what we've observed. And uh, we've got sort of a forward pack that um, that would help us do that. So, yeah, that's, that's sort of what we've observed so far. Mate, you've had a you've had a sort of a little bit of a setback too with a with a bit of a fire going on at training. Tell us tell us what happened. Yeah, there was a bit of a fire. We were doing a post session. Uh, to be fair, we we didn't see the fire itself, but just our premises and our facilities um, and the gym uh, caught caught on fire and the alarms were going off and stuff. So we were out on the field, luckily enough, and 
uh, didn't have to, you know, didn't have to, um, you know, get anyone out of the building, uh, which is which is always awesome. So, um, I guess from our point of view, we didn't really see too much, but we just we saw about you know four or five fire engines um, sort of heading out heading out to our, our premises there, and then we you know we, we had no other choice but to jump on the bus and uh, head back to the hotel. Yeah, it's that's it's definitely not ideal for a distraction, but I'm sure you've been able to iron things out and um, focus back on the actual footy. Ricky, awesome to have you on the show, mate. And what what can you garner from the atmosphere of being up there at the moment? Because I think it's quite unique, and oh, it's bloody awesome that they're running all of these World Cups parallel. You know, like it's not one and then the other or in separate years. So is it kind of a bit of a festival rugby league atmosphere up there? Yeah, we're we're actually based in York, and um, you know there's a few few of the women's teams here, so the French teams here for us. Um, the Kiwis is actually just around the corner from us as well. Um, the Jellaroos, the Cook Islands. So you know there's quite a quite a few teams based here in York, which is a lovely city, and we're really enjoying that. Um, but yeah, sort of playing playing the same place as everyone else. Uh, you know, sort of football's uh, top of mind, I guess, in this space. And then um, you know we've got teams sort of travelling in and out and there's just a whole lot of Kiwis here as well which is awesome so it sort of makes them sort of homely Nice Rick, hey let's just have a look at your side mate, you've got a couple of debutants in Shannis Parker, Otessa Pule and, and Brianna Clark who make their debut and, and in and around some some old heads too um, that have been there for a while Crystal of course at Hooker and uh, that young loose forward of yours, uh, Georgia Hale who goes alright what, what's your side shaping up like and who <laughs> Who are they? Who are they um, targeting? I guess is the team to beat in the tournament. Who do you think is the team to beat? Yeah, obviously the Australian team is going to be a tough team. You know, um, they got some pretty uh, well-known players and some class class here as well, a bit of experience. But you know, for us, um, you know, we've got to get through these these early stages of the tournament. So we've got France tomorrow, and then uh, we play the Cook Islands on Sunday. So you know, we're not looking too far ahead for us to be fair and. Uh, we're just making sure we're ticking every box from our end. Um, you know, preparing for for the French is normally pretty hard uh, to play against. Just you know, they they play football, they 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 offload, they like going down short sides, or they like kicking on first place. So <laughs> we've just got to be really on our game there, <laughs> and making sure that you know we um that we control the game, we control the the, the ball, and try and play to our strengths. But yeah, if you're asking for a favourite at the moment, um, Australia is obviously. Um, uh, the, the key, the key team to sort of go after, but you know it sort of takes a little bit of pressure away from us, I guess. Um, and we're really confident with the squad that we've got, and uh, we'll just be sort of getting through these early games and building combinations, and hopefully get some momentum going into those those back in rounds um, before the semi final and final. Oh, I love it. Sitting off the pace a wee bit, found a bit of cover and just ready to run them down. It's very, very exciting, mate. <laughs> um, if I'm right, though, yep. you've got five games in 17 days. That's like That seems crazy. Do you have the depth in squad, but also do you have the, the resource as far as physios and team doctors and just like, to make sure that the bodies are, are coping? Yeah, Ezra Allen's done an awesome job, actually. We've got some, you know, we've got a, We've got uh, two physios, two S and C, um, you know, managers, um, you know, uh, doctors, you know, coaches. So we've got a, you know, we're fully resourced there in that regard. Plus we've got um, other people that are keen to help. The English over here are awesome people, and they also want to jump in there and give us a hand with anything we need. So uh, from that regard, like we're really resourced up, and 
um, you know, that's, that's not going to be an excuse either. So, uh, you know, sort of taking that out, taking that away. Um, in regards to the 17 days, you know, uh, the five games, like our whole program is built around um, a lot of our recovery and uh, prehab protocols. So uh, that's sort of our priority at the moment is making sure we get through the games, we recover well, um, keeping our bodies, uh, you know, in good nick, but also the, the mental space as well, making sure that we, you know, we're, we're fizzing by the time the, the next game comes around. So there's, you know, there's a bit of time off between games, so we're really um, focused, you know, day after a game, it's pretty light, then we have a session and then we have the captains run and then we play, and it's sort of a bit of a routine that we're in um, over the next sort of, uh, yeah, three weeks here. So, yeah, everyone's going to do it, um, so we're not the only team that's sort of um, disadvantaged as such, but, you know, it'll be, it'll be an interesting time Coming back into the um, back into the tournament, sort of who's who's sort of fit and um, sort of sounds like you know the the team that has uh, the least injuries or disruptions is um, going to be the team to, to sort of be there. Yeah, that, and that's the key, isn't it, Rick? You know, like who can recover the, the best over those 17 days to keep the fittest girls on the football field. I wish you all the best with that sort of stuff. Mate, you guys have been pretty innovative too by allowing a couple of mums to bring their young babies over. Um, we always talk about how tough you know, men men moan about you know, playing games and getting ready for football games. And then when you look at the, the women's game, they've got kids to contend with as well. Just tell us a little bit about that journey and, and how you've created that environment to make sure mums that have young babies are able to come across and, and compete for a World Cup. Yeah, we, um, you know, Fano is a big thing that comes up every time we're um, in camp and we're always talking about family as one of our values and something, you know, our why, I guess. Um, and just sort of, for us, it was about um, how do we sort of, you know, how do we make that, um, easier for for new mothers, and we you know we've got a couple of ladies in our in our team that just recently, maybe I say just recently, you know, the last sort of eight to twelve months. So it was about um, making sure that you know they were comfortable and they could play their best football. And the way to do that really was um, making sure that you know baby was sort of here, and also um, you know the, the mothers sort of felt content um, and also understood you know that they were, the baby was around and was safe and, and that sort of thing. So. You know, from our perspective, you know, it was it was a bit of a no-brainer to be fair, and it's probably where the game's going. Um, you know, the um, you know family is a big part, I guess, and I, and I think you know we've got to sort of allow things like you know bringing bringing children on um, just so the mothers in the, in the good you know good headspace to play uh, play their best footy, and you know the, the kids have been on been here, and everyone sort of turned into a uh, mother as well. So uh, you know, the baby's got 24 mothers and. Uh, you know, there's three men coaches here, and we're sort of just turning into fathers. So, um, <laughs> just really helping out, <laughs> really helping out there, and just making it easy for, um, you know, for the for the ladies that are here. And as I said, you know, it, I just think it's um, where the game's going to go. And you know, we're just yeah, you know, we're looking for a bit of an advantage in it. Like well said, done, mate. Um, innovation, yeah. I remember when um, Baz and Baz has told this story, Brendan McCullum, when he was captain of the Black Caps, or when like a wee while ago, he 
was they started bringing their families on tours and because those cricketers were away from so long and he just said the mood of the environment just changed and it really did bring everyone together and, and then, you know, you've got the families interacting and just having that little bit of home really helped them. So I, I just commend that. I think that's awesome. Ricky, all the best, mate. We're all behind you back here. We can't wait to see the woman rip in tomorrow morning against the French and uh, hopefully see some short side first play chip kicks by the French for a bit of excitement on our, <laughs> on our Thursday morning. All the best, mate. Go well. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Take care. Cheers, Ricky. Yeah, that's Ricky Henry, the coach of our Women Rugby League team up there in the UK. Oh, look, that, that innovation about allowing the young mums to take their babies who are just 12 months old, and I, when I read about that, I just thought, yep, that is that is key. That is key to getting – because what it does do, you know, and, and they all get together. Ricky's dead right. You've got 24 mums up there who just feel so comfortable and, and appreciated that you get that little bit extra out of them. So, mate, that, the, he's right. The Aussies are the team to beat. They've got a very, very good team, the Jillaroos. Um, but the Kiwis do have the have the talent in that team to, to cause a major upset. So uh, let's get behind them and sort, sort our girl, support our girls out. Um, another World Cup on the horizon, I what, hope. What do you reckon the... Um the NRL W is doing for the international game because it can only just the more the more high level game time these women are getting can only just accelerate the growth of the international game, can't it? Well, the community game is is going nuts, right? In, in and around the women's game, and I think that's not just rug. I just don't think that's rugby league. I think it's rugby union as well. So the oval ball sport now they're making it accessible for all the girls with these, and especially with these semi professional competitions, and the way that. You know, we've come out of COVID and our girls over here now have a career pathway into playing semi-professional sport. Um, mate, it's going to go from strength to strength. Well, like even stuff like the Bun- Bunnings Rugby Assist, I'm certain that's what it was called. Like they were running promos and trailers on Sky Sport of these clubs were getting funding from Bunnings and they were putting in women's changing rooms. Well, they see, were building a- facilities. They were tailoring facilities. They were cleaning up the showers so they weren't just manky and they didn't have. They could go in there. They could have a shower after their game. So the sport is just as 2022 become, you know, we're in a – there's no excuse to not be um, equitable and have equality and um, facilities and that sort of thing for our – It's a massive handy. conversation, Louis, that one. You know, you've got to think about it. Like you, you play um, – Aussie rules, you know, and I play rugby a, league as he right. plays r- rugby. We never really, in those days, we ought to had one woman's team. You know what I mean? But now you've got girls' grades all the way through. And, of course, it's just common sense and logic that they need somewhere to get changed. And why should they have to wait around while men are getting changed and go in and clean up the mess and, and then go in there? And there's still men games going on. So it's a real big conversation going on around the country at the moment for facilities and councils that they have to provide for women as well. And there's a huge way to catch up. Like, the work is not even nearly done. It's just starting. But, so if you think about that, then what about the growth in the game? Because all of that stuff contributes. You might keep more players in. You might keep more talent in the sport. Then you look at the other side of it where you've got your Kiwi Ferns tomorrow morning, you've got your Black Ferns this weekend. There are genuine role models and pathways. You can see the career. You can. You can touch it almost. You can. So, it's just starting to come together a bit more as that equality catches up of equality of opportunity, really, and that's what we're talking about. Um, and then, yeah, same with the NRLW. That's where I was going. Like having that a premier competition to see and to be able to target can only just be making the depth in our women's sports ranks, especially in rugby league, better. So all the best to them. I'll be we'll be here watching it, and we'll keep you updated tomorrow morning as they kick off their World Cup against France, which is uh, on Spark Sport. 
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.